With their new Epic Speed Driver, Callaway is framing the future of speed. Using a jailbreak speed frame structure that connects the sole and crown, they've reduced the head's twisting and deformation at impact. This means more energy stays in the driver face and transfers to the ball. More energy to the ball means more ball speed. Who doesn't want more ball speed? Jailbreak speed frame is in the forgiving Epic Max, the Epic Speed, and the tour-preferred Epic Max LS. Explore Epic Drivers at CallawayGolf.ca. Alberta has been battered by the third wave of the COVID-19 pandemic with a case rate higher than any U.S. state or Canadian province. And after weeks of pressure and various smaller measures, Premier Jason Kenney announced a host of new restrictions this week to try to flatten the curve. I'm Dave Breckenridge, and this is 10-3. Lisa Johnson, who covers provincial politics for the Edmonton Journal, joins me to discuss the new measures, why they're being brought in now, and the pressure Jason Kenney is facing from people both in favor of and opposed to new restrictions. Don't forget you can find this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, wherever you get your favorite shows. I'd love it if you could leave us a rating, a review, and tell your friends about us. So Lisa, after weeks of people calling for him to make a move, to do something to deal with rising COVID-19 case numbers in Alberta, Alberta Premier Jason Kenney came out on Tuesday evening, made a big televised address, bringing in some of the toughest measures of the third wave and even the whole pandemic in Alberta. Hoping you can walk through some of them because he did get to a lot on Tuesday evening. There's a lot and it's kind of difficult to keep track. I'm sure a lot of Albertans are having a difficult time understanding what the rules are right now and how they've changed. Mm -hmm. Essentially, these are the tightest, I think, since those restrictions that were announced last March during the first wave. And they, and they look kind of similar. There's tighter limits on capacity in retail and at church services, tattoo parlors and personal services like hair salons are shutting down. But Outdoor patios where people have been able to eat in restaurants, those are also being shut down. That was kind of the last place you could go out to eat. I also understand that, you know, churches, which have been the center of a lot of controversy here in Alberta, are also seeing their ability to hold services reduced. And we're also seeing like fitness places kind of shutting down as well. Well, yeah, that's interesting that you bring up fitness centers because it was an announcement last week that a lot of pundits kind of dismissed as very piecemeal. But the announcement last week that the premier made was that there would be targeted restrictions in specific regions of the province that were seeing high case numbers, the, the hotspots. Mm -hmm. So one of those restrictions was finally shutting down fitness facilities and different outdoor like sport activities. But the interesting thing is it, it wasn't a huge move. Those places were already restricted in some sense. And at the same time, last week, he announced that in hotspots, students from grade 7 to 12 would be sent to online learning. But of course, that didn't affect people in Edmonton because both of the school boards in Edmonton had already made that decision. Mm -hmm. So he was criticized quite roundly for, for only bringing in piecemeal restrictions. And it's unclear, you know, what the precise rationale was for those restrictions. I know that my colleague Lauren Boothby has been trying to get some more information from the province for quite some time 
about where specific cases are popping up and what sort of the metrics that are triggering these specific decisions. What are those metrics? And I know Alberta Health has said that they would release them, but we haven't seen those yet. Also know our colleague in Edmonton, Lauren Gunter, has talked about in the past the idea that that shutting down schools is a way to get adults to stay home because if schools are shut down, a lot of parents have to stay home with their kids. They don't have other options. You know, those who are able to work from home will work from home. And that kind of reduces just the movement of people more broadly. But I, you know, one of the things that I found interesting in Alberta the last few months anyway, is that Jason Kenney has kind of widely touted the fact that Alberta's never had a lockdown. Alberta's, you know, got some of the most lenient restrictions around and for parts of the pandemic, it kind of served us a little bit, but we got to a point where we had the highest per capita case total in North America or any jurisdiction in, in the US and Canada. What makes the fact that Jason Kenney turned around and said, okay, we have to go to these strict measures now. What about that is so significant? What Premier Jason Kenney said during a press conference was that the reason these we needed these restrictions right now is because if we carry on our present course, like you mentioned, with the highest rates in North America, we could see our healthcare systems overwhelmed within a month. So some pretty dire predictions. But it's interesting because, of course, last week he was really resistant to widespread restrictions. In fact, in one case, he kind of suggested that harsh restrictions don't work because people won't follow them. And he got a lot of flack for that and created something of a mixed message, I think. You talk about the idea that the premier raised that harsh restrictions won't work because people won't follow them. We're already seeing some evidence of that in Alberta. Even Jason Kenney threw the blame at people's feet saying this is all about personal responsibility now. Has he addressed it all with the new restrictions how he reconciles those two things, like the idea that if he believes that restrictions don't work because people won't follow them, well, what will new restrictions do? I don't think that he's addressed it head on. I think that he's been very specific. I mean, he said certain restrictions don't work if people don't follow them. But I think it's come to a point now where he has to use those restrictions as something of a signal to let people know that this is serious and they need to follow these rules. He also coupled with the latest restrictions has said that the government wants to crack down on people who are not complying. One of the things they're doing, for example, is doubling the fines for public health violations from $1,000 to $2,000. And they've said that they're going to create new protocols for law enforcement agencies, but, but we haven't gotten any real specifics. And I think that this particular issue is going to be talked about a lot for the next few weeks because there are obviously people in Alberta who are not interested in complying with these public health restrictions. But we're at that point where law enforcement really needs to crack down. We have seen it in some areas just outside of Edmonton. There was the Grace Life Church that had fences put up around it to stop the congregation from gathering there. Admittedly, uh, Grace Life has kind of moved their services, quote unquote, underground. They're doing services at kind of secret locations. And I understand, you know, Wednesday morning before we were recording this, uh, Alberta Health Services went and chained up the Whistle Stop Cafe in Mirror, Alberta, is a place that has been defying the restrictions for quite some time and allowing people to come in without masks and allowing dine-in service when they were told dine-in service isn't allowed. Do you get the sense that this is the kind of thing we may see more of now, even if we don't have concrete restrictions, that this is what the province is thinking? That's a good question. I mean, 
The Justice Minister, Casey Matthews, said this morning that they're investigating AHS and law enforcement. It's up to them to investigate and press charges and, and levy fines in these situations. But there's a huge looming question here, specifically when it comes to like a massive rodeo event that happened in Bowdoin over the weekend. Mm-hmm. And that question is, I mean, we knew that that event was going to happen. Obviously, law enforcement knew that it was going to happen and it was still allowed to happen. You know, hundreds of people gathered for a rodeo that was obviously against public health restrictions. So the justice minister has said that there is an ongoing investigation into that event and that he has directed law enforcement to enforce the rules. But on the ground, it's a different story. Like in Edmonton, for instance, our colleagues were able to pull up some numbers that the city is giving out more warnings than actual tickets for Public Health Act violations. Mm-hmm. So we're seeing maybe it's a tendency on the on the part of law enforcement. We're not entirely sure where the direction is coming from to do this, but it follows some of the province's messaging earlier on in the pandemic, which was we want to aim to educate people first before we bring down the hammer sort of thing. You mentioned the rodeo in Red Deer over the weekend. In advance of coming in and bringing in new restrictions, announcing new vaccine rollouts, Premier Kenny over the weekend put out a bit of a diatribe on social media, kind of lambasting the people who were organizing these things. What's his general messaging been around that event and even Grace Life Church as well? The idea that these large groups are repeatedly saying, well, we don't have to follow your restrictions. It's the angry and saddened Premier Kenny that reacted to that that rodeo after the weekend. And he essentially told Albertans who are defying those restrictions to smarten up. This has been an interesting kind of tone that he's taken uh, throughout the pandemic, I think. He's, he's obviously called for Albertans to to step up and show personal responsibility. But then you get kind of a bit of a paternalistic scolding after big events like these raise questions about whether or not our enforcement is toothless. Are we able to deal with situations like this in an effective way that actually encourages compliance going forward? The rodeo kind of coincides with another problem that the premier is dealing with, and that's there's a growing dissent within his own party and within his own caucus. And I think, you know, some at the rodeo would probably count themselves among people who voted for the United Conservative Party back in 2019. Where are we at with Kenny and his caucus? Like, how bad is the situation now in terms of people who have taken a stand against these public health measures? And what kind of pressure is that putting on the premier? That's a really good question. I mean, I I would point to one specific example from last week. The UCP backbencher, he's the MLA for Cypress Medicine Hat, his name is Drew Barnes. He's often been outspoken on issues of restrictions and and personal freedoms. He sent a public letter essentially criticizing last week's restrictions, which, remember, were targeted to specific areas, essentially on the basis of principle. When I spoke to him, he said it's more an issue of principle than practicality. Interestingly, his riding would not be affected by those restrictions because it doesn't meet the case number threshold for anything to have really changed there. Mm -hmm. But he's certainly speaking for a group of Albertans who are, I think, frustrated and fed up with restrictions. And he said something really interesting as well in his letter. He basically pointed to a lack of transparency or, I guess, scientific evidence backing up why these decisions are being made. 
He said Premier Kenny opted to pull a confusing 180-degree turn in a span of less than 24 hours, first arguing against new restrictions on the basis that they would not be effective, then launching a series of new restrictions. So his head is kind of spinning here, and I don't think that he's the only one. I think that for a while now, a lot of Albertans have been asking for specific reasons. What is triggering these specific moves? And the less information we get from the government on this, the more people, I think, fill in that void with their own speculation. And that speculation, of course, is that these are political decisions, that the reason many rural communities were left out of the targeted restrictions was purely political to satisfy some members of his party. Mm -hmm. It's difficult to speculate on how these decisions exactly are being made, what exactly the advice from Dr. Hinshaw is to cabinet. We don't know, we're not privy to that, but I do think it's interesting that Barnes mentioned to me that he does think that the government is listening to the concerns of himself and other backbenchers. He said that they have sat down and been able to kind of give their their side to it. And, and the fact that these were regionally specific restrictions, I think, speaks volumes to how much Kenny is listening to some of his backbenchers and some of the people who are and have publicly criticized him. You talk about pressure from within his own party. Kenny's also been facing a lot of pressure from the general public. As I mentioned off the top, there's been a lot of pressure to put in new restrictions. The opposition has been hitting him fairly hard on all of these issues. What do you make of the decision to suspend the legislature? Jason Nixon, the government House leader on the weekend, put out a press release saying that for the next two weeks, there will be no sittings of sessions of the legislature due to concern over rising COVID case numbers. But that, you know, it came as a quite a surprise considering that last spring when there was talk of, you know, potentially shutting down the legislature due to the emerging pandemic, the premier said, well, we're not going to shut down now. The British parliament didn't shut down while the Germans were bombing London back in the 1940s. Like, what do you suppose the closure of the legislature means to how much pressure the premier is under and trying to change the channel on what's going on there? I would parrot what we've heard from a lot of political pundits, and that is that the decision to suspend the legislature is proof enough that Kenny is feeling political pressure, perhaps from the opposition, perhaps from his party, perhaps from both. I certainly was surprised by the decision on Sunday. I did not think that this government would take that step, given what they've said in the past and given what they said in the first wave. A lot of ink has been spilt on this particular quote, but last year, Kenny said in the legislature that essential workers are going to work every day and they expect the government, they expect their elected representatives to do the same. So Mm -hmm. after saying something like that and then making this decision on Sunday, it is a little bit confounding. And once again, you know, people were just left to speculate. One of the things that the premier has said that will help us get out of this whole pandemic mess is vaccines. He's talked about the race between the variants and the vaccines, and he got a bit of good news on that, both earlier in the week before the restrictions were announced and then on Wednesday morning, again, before we recorded this. Where are we at with vaccines and what can the premier look forward to over the next couple of weeks? Sure. I mean, right now, the latest numbers we have as of Monday, Alberta had vaccinated about 38% of Albertans with one dose of one vaccine or another, while about 300,000 
which is about 7%, have gotten both doses and are fully vaccinated. Mm -hmm. So we're making progress. I think this announcement that vaccines will be available to those 30 plus starting on Thursday and for Albertans as young as 12 booking appointments on Monday is going to open the doors to a really speedy, hopefully, vaccination rollout. I would point out, though, in response to the Premier's original announcement, the, the evening announcement that he made, I called a public health expert, Dr. Noel Gibney, who's an expert in critical care medicine. Mm-hmm. And he signed a letter, a public letter, along with about 50 other medical experts and those working in the field, urging Kenny's government to crack down with stricter measures. And when I spoke to him after Kenny's announcement, he was quite positive and said the premier did the right thing. This is going to go a long way. I don't think that this is too late. He was very optimistic, but he also said something really interesting. And this was before the subsequent announcement that we'd be opening up the vaccines to more people. He said, if the province continues to see the uptake that it's seen with vaccinations and cases reduce to a certain level, he thinks that we could get back to a more normal summer than we've had in a while. He's quite optimistic that by June, we could see some positive steps. So with all that good news regarding vaccine rollouts and more doses available to people, do we get a sense when some of these restrictions could be lifted? Has the Premier or Dr. Hinshaw said when we may go to step one of the reopening or step two? So... The restrictions go into effect this week, and they're set to be in place for the next three weeks. There are staggered start times depending on the specific measure, but they're set to be in place for the next three weeks. And Kenny was asked about what specific metrics there might be for relaxing these measures, but he said that what he's looking for is a period of sustained decline in average you know, daily case counts and the total active cases. So we are still kind of missing some specific metrics here. It's obviously something that the opposition has been quick to point out that the goalposts are constantly shifting. So we'll have to see what happens to the daily numbers. And just like average Albertans who are waiting for a sign things are returning back to normal, waiting for a chance to get vaccines, we'll be keeping an eye on it as the weeks progress. Lisa, thanks for your time. Thanks so much, Dave. 10.3 is produced by Sean Knox. Theme music by Bryce Hall. Thanks to my guest, Lisa Johnson. More from her at edmontonjournal.com. I'm Dave Breckenridge. Thanks for listening. Mm-hmm.